Thank you for joining us here at Prevail Church for this podcast. We hope this experience builds your faith and impacts your life. For more information about Prevail Church, visit us online at prevail.tv. Now let's tune in. to Luke chapter 19 and we're going to read verses 1 through 10 they will be on the screen you can uh, follow along on the screen I'm reading from the Passion Translation if you uh, don't have that if you don't read like yours um, don't be alarmed it says in Luke chapter 19 verses 1 and we're going to the way they're broken up on the screen is different so just, just know that it says, in the city of Jericho, where uh, there lived a very wealthy man named Zacchaeus, who was the supervisor over all the tax collectors. And Jesus made, as Jesus made his way through the city, Zacchaeus was eager to see Jesus. Somebody say, see Jesus. He kept trying to get a look at him, but the crowd around Jesus was massive. Zacchaeus was a very short man and couldn't see over the heads of the people. Come on, somebody. So he ran ahead of everyone and climbed up a blossoming fig tree so he could get a glimpse, somebody say just a glimpse, of Jesus as he passed by. When Jesus got to that place, he looked up into the tree and said, Zacchaeus, hurry down, for I am appointed. Somebody say appointed to stay at your house. So he scurried down the tree and came face to face with Jesus. As Jesus left to go with Zacchaeus, many in the crowd complained, look at this, of all the people to have dinner with, he's going to eat in the house of a crook. One translation say, the house of a sinner. Zacchaeus joyously welcomed Jesus and was amazed over his gracious visit to his home. Zacchaeus stood in front of the Lord and said, Half of all that I own, I will give to the poor. And Lord, if I have cheated anyone, I promise to pay back four times as much as I stole. Jesus said to him, This shows that today life has come to you and your household. For you are a true son of Abraham. The Son of Man, this is these words, the Son of Man has come to seek out and to give life to those who are lost. Give life to those who are lost. I want to preach a message today that I've titled, In His Presence. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for just being an amazing and wonderful God. Thank you that we've already felt your presence this morning and that this word will only continue what you're doing in our hearts at this point. I pray, God. Even if, if people, the people are here and if they're watching online, I pray that they will feel your presence near and dear as we dive into your scriptures today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. We've been in a series called We Prevail. 
And as we've, as we've dealt in this series, um, we've seen God do some amazing things. The first week we talked about habits. We talked about the habits that set us up for success in 2021. Amen? Because how many of you know, and I've said this multiple times, I don't care how big your goals is, if your system is wrong, you ain't going to accomplish it. Come on. And a lot of us, we got big goals, but poor systems. And then we get mad at God because I dream big, and God, you didn't show up. And God's like, oh, I showed up. You just didn't know how to prepare. And you didn't know how to manage the weight of the dream that I placed in your heart. Um, there's a, a message that I preached a long time ago. I talked about where when God formed man out of clay, the Bible says he formed man out of dust of the earth. He built this clay, and then it says he breathed a life breathe life into man. That word life right there is not, you know, it's, it's, you know, what we think about when we think about life, but the actual word, the term means structure, ability, ability to bear the weight. Come on, somebody. And a lot of us want God to form the clay, but we don't want the structure to hold the weight. Come on. So we will get a lot of money and be broke in four days. Because we don't have budgets. Oh, I'm being practical. I know you don't like me when I be practical like this. Because you want me to prophesy and tell you you're going to get a brand new car in 24 hours. But you ain't going to get a brand new car if you got bad credit and no money. Hallelujah. Now, I'm not saying God can't work a miracle. Now, he can. But we got to sometimes be realistic. Amen. You running up on the, the car lot. Lord's going to give me a new car. You will get a new one. With a 100% interest rate. And it'll be new for like five minutes or one month after that first car payment. You're like, well, man, this thing got to go. Y'all, listen, I'm not talking to you from, from, from a place of perfection. We, we've done it. We bought a Honda one time. The Honda was $15,000. That's how much they had on the window. Our interest rate was 29%. We had that car for a very long time. What, about three years? At least two years. I'm just saying, two years. When we went to look at the payoff, guess what the payoff was? $15,000. Which means I ain't paid nothing but interest for a very long time. <laughs> Come on, somebody. But the Lord changed all that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for some wisdom. Then we talked about, um, we talked about habits the first week. The second week, we talked about um, the need. Oh, God, I got to remember. What was I talking about that second week? Do you remember? Anybody? Nobody? I don't know. Go back and watch it. <laughs> oh! Huh? No, I was talking about the pattern. There was the pattern. No, the first week was pattern. But anyways, we'll go there. The third week, we talked about the, the need for spiritual mothers and fathers. How our a dream, we don't know, and I heard this when I was at, uh, Bishop Tony Miller used to say this all the time. He, somebody was telling a story this past week where they said, Bishop, um, when do you feel like, you know, how do you feel about the ministry? You feel like you're successful. And he said, this is what he said, I don't know yet. Because it hadn't outlived me. And a lot of times this is what we do because we build ministry. We do, 
you know, we build our life, we do all this stuff. We, we, we gain stuff that leaves with us. Hello. I don't know about y'all, but I want to pass wealth down to my children. I want them to pass wealth down to their children. And they pass wealth down to their children. They're like, this is your granddaddy. Your granddaddy started this. I want to, to build a life that lives beyond me. Because if I die and everything in me dies with me, and I leave nothing for the next generation to build upon, I'm just living and building a selfish life that's all about me. Hallelujah. And how many of you know we don't want that? Tell your neighbor, we don't want that. We need a generational prevailing. I remember what week two was. It was about community. Hallelujah. Talking about prevailing in community, coming together so we can be on one accord so that we can be successful this year. And I was talking about how a lot of the division last year and all this stuff, it, you know, sometimes, can I, and can I just talk plainly for a minute? Sometimes the greatest success for a politician is to keep you divided. If you ever, and we saw it this week, if people bond together, we can make real change. Anybody follow the stock market? You saw it this week. Reddit said, oh no. GameStop ain't going nowhere. GameStop clearly became one of the highest trading stocks this week. Why? Because when people bond together, we can make real change. I was mad because I didn't have no GameStop stock. I did have AMC though, bless the Lord, hallelujah. But when people get together, when people come together, we make real change. And a lot of us have been living in this long ranger spirit thinking that God's going to do something with us. Listen, your dream is going to happen when you learn how to link up with people who can help make it happen. Amen. So today I want to dive into this last portion of this series, the final message, and it is probably the most important part of all of the things that we're going to talk about in the series. Because if we're going to be successful, if we're going to do what God called us to do, we have to learn to be in his presence. Amen. And many of us want uh, the things of God, we want success, we want to do it, but if you try and live your life without the presence of God, you will always it will always result in failure. If you call yourself a believer, if you call yourself a follower of Christ, it is vitally important that you walk in his presence. As we dive into our scripture today, I want you to, to just follow along with me. The story of the chief tax collector Zacchaeus is, one, is of great importance in the Gospel of Luke. For in this story, Jesus declares that the purpose, uh, he declares the purpose of his coming is to seek out and to save what was lost. And Luke is the only person that tells us about Zacchaeus. Now we need to understand who Zacchaeus is. Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector at uh, Jericho. He's only mentioned in Luke. He was a descendant of Abraham. But listen, tax collectors in this time, tax collectors in general, 
were despised. They were called traitors because they worked with the Roman Empire and not for their Jewish community. And they were despised and they were called corrupt. And Zacchaeus, as the Bible just described, was the supervisor. Somebody say supervisor. He's in charge of the whole operation. <laughs> Calling meetings every day. Hosting Zoom meetings. Y'all caught, y'all didn't catch that. <laughs> they zooming on rocks and tablets. No? Ten Commandments, tablets. Oh, y'all missed that, sorry. <laughs> so, Zacchaeus has a hard, he has a, 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 this is a challenging thing for him. And Luke is the only person that tells us about Zacchaeus. Also, Luke tells us about the harsh criticism by the religious leaders because of the welcome Jesus shows to sinners because it becomes more West Pride in this passage. And at this point, we see in the scripture where it says now, everybody's complaining, oh, he's going to stay at the house of a sinner. So Zacchaeus, in this passage, is quite determined to meet Jesus. Come on, I'm going to get somewhere, and we're going to get there in a minute. He's quite determined to meet Jesus. And he will not let any obstacle get in his way. He climbs the sycamore tree. And his climbing up the sycamore tree or of this blossoming fig tree, it illustrates to us that sometimes to get in the presence of the Lord, we need to take action to remove the obstacles set before us. Amen? For Zacchaeus, it was that he needed to rise above physical shortcomings, fears, and preoccupations. We can, we can gather from the scripture that even in our own lives, sometimes we need to take steps to remove obstacles that keep us out of the presence of God. Amen? We find as it was in chapter 7 uh, with the case with the woman who was a sinner and Zacchaeus that there's significant life change in the presence of the Lord. This is why we need to remove the, uh, the obstacles. See, for many of us alone, this was set off true revival in our lives. We can try hard, we can work hard, we can do everything in our power to change our own circumstances. But one moment, somebody say one moment. One moment with the king can and truly will change everything. This encounter changed everything for Zacchaeus. He realizes that Jesus brings forgiveness and when he realized that Jesus brings forgiveness, it shifts something in him. And the Bible says he begins to tell Jesus, I'm going to give away half of everything I own to make amends. Not only that, I'm going to pay back everything that I stole four times the value. See, forgiveness can bring a profound change in a person's life. 
And Zacchaeus knows now that he is no longer an isolated individual, but now he's really a part of God's people. An encounter with Jesus changes everything. And it's a great story, but the significance of the story is that this story comes just before the arrival of Jesus in in Jerusalem. And the final words of Jesus here summarizes for us both what is shown in his ministry and what he will do in Jerusalem. He says this, the Son of Man has come to seek out and save what was lost. The Son of Man has come to seek out and to give life to those who are lost. It's very interesting a couple of things about this, this, this statement. First of all, Jesus spoke in past tense. Did you catch that? Say what was lost. Because how many of you know when God shows up, the work is already done? He's never living in the past worried about the future. Come on, somebody. The Bible says he's Alpha and Omega. He's beginning and end. So when God shows up in your life, he's already done the work for you to accomplish everything that he has planned for you. So when Jesus speaks about you, he speaks about your life in past tense. Why? Because you were lost to him. But also to him, you are already found. Come on, somebody. But he said to seek out. Seek out. A lot of times we come to Christ and we think we found Christ. But the Bible is telling us right here very clearly that God found us. We were lost. He found us. We were sinking in sin. He found us. We were far from the peaceful shore, as, the, as we say. He found us. I didn't find God. God found me. I was minding my own business, doing my own thing. Could have kept on doing my own thing, but God had a plan for my life. He said, no, I got to pull you out of this wilderness because I have a plan for you. Amen? So he found us. We were lost. If we are to prevail this year, then it is a must. Somebody say a must. That we often find ourselves in the presence of the Lord. It is a must that we build an altar of praise and worship in the secret place. It is a must that we learn to dine with the king. It is a must that we go hard after the presence of the Lord. It's a must if we're going to do what God's called us to do in 2021. It's a must if you're going to live a successful life. If you really want to live the life that God's called you to live, it's a must that you learn to build an altar of worship. I want to bring to your attention that it'll be uh, a few things that I believe will be vital for this house as a church, for your house as your family, and for your personal house. You, somebody say you, me, say me, as a dwelling place for the presence of God. First thing is this, we have to have a desire to be with the king. Say that with me. We need 
to have a desire to be with the king. When we read the scripture, the Bible says that Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus. Did you catch that? He wanted to see Jesus. Zacchaeus had a desire to see Jesus. One of my other favorite passages of scripture is Peter walking on water. But the Bible tells us at the beginning of that whole transaction, Peter said, if it's you, Lord, call me and I'll come. It was Peter that initiated the question for Jesus to call him on the water. He wanted to be with Jesus. The woman with the issue of blood. I want to just see him. If I could just touch the hem of his garment. The Bible says she pressed through a crowd. Why? Because she just wanted to be with Jesus. The woman with the alabaster box who had a terrible reputation. She entered a house uninvited to be with Jesus. Hear me, folks, and I want you to hear this. We need a desire to be with the king. We got to stop running to everything else that, says, that we think satisfies our soul. We need to run to the feet of Jesus because nothing can satisfy you like Jesus Christ. And, I, you know, I, I was reading this and I, I began to think inside of us, Really, innately, there's a desire for all of us to be with the king. That's why when you find yourself in worship where the presence of the Lord is real thick, that you can't begin, you know, you, you have a hard time holding it. You ever been in those moments where you're in a room and they're leading, they're singing, and you're just like, oh, I'm going to bust out crying. This is going to be an ugly cry. I'm going to be snotting, and somebody's going to be laughing at me. It's going to go on vine. Vine don't exist no more. <laughs> Y'all are going to be like, vine? <laughs> Who's talking about vine? Come go on, on, on Snapchat. Does Snapchat still exist? Barely, just barely. No, I'm just kidding. It'll be on TikTok. Amen. There we go. <laughs> and we, but see, this is what this is what I'm saying. We all have this this desire because this is what I've learned. The Bible talks about us being spirit and God being spirit, and He says that we worship in spirit and the truth, right? So there's a, there's a connection when you really come into the presence of God that fixes and changes things like never before. It, it, it brings a comfort. It brings a, a peace that you've never felt in your entire life. And then you can only find that when you connect with the king. Amen. So we got to have a desire to be with the king. Next thing is this. We need to remove the obstacles. Now, we talked about this. we got to remove the obstacles, the barriers, that for God's presence in our lives. Some of us need to remove literal obstacles, literal and physical obstacles. Amen? What do you mean by that? You can go to bed at night on Saturday at a decent hour so you can wake up and get to church. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I'm, not, I'm not talking to all you people that didn't show up to church this morning. Because it was cold. Go buy you a coat. Amen. I'm just kidding. What I'm saying is you need to remove literal 
obstacles, physical obstacles. Some of us don't even have a place to worship in our home. Right? We need to learn how to build and prepare a place, build an altar, a secret place that we can go before the king. Some of us need to build in our, in our busy day, in our schedule, time with God. What do you mean? I mean, sit down for 10 minutes and just bask in God's presence. Or maybe when you're riding down the street in your car, don't be on the phone. Turn some worship music on and just be in the moment. I have found myself more than uh, a few times on a few occasions where I'm just in God's presence and I feel him near and I'm just driving my car. This week, I leaned into the Lord a lot. You know why? Because it was a tough week. And you know what I did? I sat in my office and I worked and I had music playing and worship and I'm weeping and I work and I weep and work and weep and work. You got to learn how to get into the presence of God and remove the obstacles. Psalms 31 4 tells us, it says this, it says, I will bless the Lord at all times. Somebody say all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. What is that scripture saying? It's not saying I will bless the Lord on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. for 30 minutes while the worship team leads me. And then I may praise him tomorrow, but I'll definitely praise him next Sunday at 10 a.m. for 30 minutes when the praise team leads me. No, I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Continually, meaning Monday in your mouth, Tuesday, in your, come on somebody. And a lot of us, we come in here, we worship, and then we leave, and we don't say or sing another song or pick up the word or look at a message. We don't do anything, and then we expect, and then we wonder why our life is in shambles and pieces and crazy, and we can't have no peace because you don't even spend time with the Lord. And then trials show up, and guess what? You got no strength because you haven't learned how to learn how to worship the king in spite of. The Bible teaches us over and over that in the presence of the Lord there's joy. And joy is not a simple thing. It's strength like never before. So we got to learn how to remove a little wrong physical barrier. We also got to learn how to remove fear and embarrassment. Oh, let's talk about this because, you know, we get in worship and then all of a sudden we manly. You know, or we don't want to cry. I'm staying here like this. This is, you know, this. Someone's got that, what's that, that Hitch worship? Y'all remember Hitch? Will Smith? This is your home, this is your home. And a lot of us do this. And I'm not saying, you know, you get, I'm not saying because your hands is higher that you're closer to God. It ain't got nothing to do with that. But some of us, our, the barrier to our worship is embarrassment. We don't want to look like a fool. Right? I, I love the scripture, 2 Samuel 6 and 22. It says this in the message version. It says, listen to this. David returned home to bless his family. Mikal, Saul's daughter, came out to greet him. How wonderfully the king has distinguished himself today. 
exposing himself to the eyes of servants made like some Burla, uh, Burla street dancer. She was going off on him. You out here exposing yourself, acting up? Now this is David, the king. And David replied to her and said, in God's, listen what he said, in God's presence, I'll dance all I want. He chose me over your father and the rest of our family and made me prince over God's people over Israel. Oh, yes, I'll dance to God's glory more recklessly even than this. And as far as I'm concerned, I'll gladly look like a fool. That's what David told him. He said, honey, boo-boo, child, back up. Don't you come up here. You know that song we sang, You Don't Know My Worship? Because some of us have been through some stuff, and sometimes we mess with and we pick at people who, who worship crazy, but you don't know their story. You don't know what they've been through. You don't know what they faced and what their challenges, they, what, what barriers they had to get over to get to worship. You don't know if they came to church on E. You don't know if they had to... You know, all kinds of stuff happened the day before, but some of us got to learn how to get out of our comfort zone so we can get in God's presence. We want revival, but we won't, don't want to move. I never, I, don't, I, I never seen people do or go after God in a way that was so reserved. Gotta get over our fear of embarrassment. God ain't embarrassed by us. How would you feel if you showed up to the gate and Jesus was like, hmm, I don't know about that one. No, he doesn't, he's not embarrassed by us. So we gotta learn how to remove the obstacles. Amen? Next is this. We need to respond to his presence. Somebody said we need to respond. We need to respond to his presence. Zacchaeus' encounter with Christ, with Jesus, caused a response. We need to respond to his presence. Here's what happened. He found, he had this moment with God. He had this moment with Christ. And the Bible said his response was, I'm going to give away half of everything I have. And not only that, he goes, I'm going to pay back everything I've stolen four times the amount. Why would this happen? Why would he do this? Why would he give away half of everything that he owns? Why would he pay back four times? Why would he devalue all this stuff that we find worthy in our lives? Why would he do that? Because the presence of the king, the presence of the Lord is more valuable than anything that we gain in this world. Amen? The presence of the Lord is more satisfying than anything in this world. The presence of the Lord is more peaceful than anything in this world. The presence of the Lord is more accepting than any sin issue in our life. The presence of the Lord holds a value that is unmatched by anything that we can call valuable in our lives. One moment with him, one moment in his presence changes everything. The 
this is why he can give away stuff. This is how we, why we can learn and, and why it's easy to respond to the call of God. Because when you come and you encounter true love and true forgiveness from the Lord, it changes everything. It shifts your perspective. It makes you realize what's really valuable. I remember when I used to think getting a big house, building a big ministry, driving a nice car. I used to think all that was valuable. And then I encountered Jesus. And I realized none of that matters. That's byproduct. That's if God wants to do that. None of that matters. What matters to most is that I'm in clean, I'm in contact, I'm in close proximity, I'm in close relationship with the king. Because I can get all the stuff in the world and I can still be sad and depressed and, and down. You, 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 you are, listen, we know it to be true. We know people who have money don't necessarily have joy. Amen? They don't have peace. It's not always true. And we can't base our value on our wealth. Amen. Last thing is this. We need to recognize that we are found in his presence. Somebody say, we are found. Jesus' final words in this exchange reveals to us his heart. It reveals to us that he didn't come here to be reserved for the elite. He didn't come here uh, to be reserved for those who feel like they have it all together. He didn't come here for those who think they're perfect. He didn't come here for those who don't think they boo-boo stink. Come on. He didn't come for those who hide their issues. He didn't come for those who can quote a thousand scriptures. He didn't come for those who thinks their works makes them holy. He didn't come for those who thinks that if they check off a list every single week or every single day that God is near them and close to them. He didn't come for that. No, he came for those who in fact feel like they don't have it all together, who can't hide their issues, who have uh, mess-ups and shortcomings and downfalls, who have bad reputations, who have not been granted opportunities, who have failed, who have been rejected. He came for those, the downtrodden, the downtrodden, the brokenhearted, those who weep at night when nobody's around, those who don't know and can't get their mental state together. This is who God came for, those who are lost. He came for the lost. He came to seek and to save the lost, those who have not found themselves but have to be found. Those who are confused, those who are unloved, and those who are sinners. This is who Jesus came for. The presence of the Lord is for those who are lost, who were lost. 
Why? Because in his presence, we are found. And in his presence, we prevail. This is the truth, folks. Only in his presence can we truly prevail in life. And we preached a lot of things here this month. We can get our habits right, our systems right. We can have big goals. We can do it in community. We can build for the next generation. But it does not last and it will not sustain if we don't do it in the presence of God. And we got to learn how to build an altar. Because what we don't want to pass on to the next generation is selfishness. We don't want to pass on narcissism. We got enough of that. Come on, somebody. I know a lot of us know at least three people who are narcissists. <laughs> Amen. Have them be preachers. Don't bring them up. Shh. Rich over here, like, keep talking. Keep on talking, Fred. <laughs> we need God's presence in our life. And if we're going to live the life and walk out the call of God on our life like he wants us, we got to learn how to build an altar and get in his presence. Because in his presence we prevail. Amen? Stand with me. I'm going to pray over you. For those of you that are watching online and even in here, you say, Pastor Fred, I believe I hear everything you're saying, but I don't, I don't even know if I have a relationship with God like that. I want to, uh, I want to welcome you to do two things. First of all, connect with us by texting Prevail to 84576 text prevail to 84576 um, you'll get a connection card that you can fill out it'll give us information so we can contact you and pray with you and share with you information on how to to have a relationship with Jesus Christ it's not rocket science he ain't asking for perfection he's asking for you to walk in relationship with him. If my wife would have wanted me to be perfected before we got married, we would never be married. Because I was a mess. Come on, somebody. I'm a little bit more better than full-on mess right now. <laughs> she finally starting to uncover that, that diamond. That you bought a diamond, you know what I'm saying? She don't like that. She's like, stop. But some of us, we think God wants us to be a diamond when we show up. No. That's the point of walking in relationship with him. He begins to uncover, pull back the surfaces of your life, and, and he begins to show you who you are. And you begin to discover stuff about yourself that you didn't realize in the presence of God. 
So if, you, if you're here, if you're watching online, if you're here, we'll pray with you now. But if you're watching online, text that word, prevail to that number, 84576, and then we will get with you and connect with you. But I'm going to lead us in a prayer right now, I believe. And uh, I'm going to pray for you all. And then we're going to be ready to go. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've done in this house this morning. Pray for God for those that are listening to me right now. I pray, God, that we would be passionate enough to build an altar of worship in our life. God, I don't, I don't want to lead a church, and I don't want us to be people that live selfishly. I want us to live Submit it. Submit it to your will, to your way. But God, let us live by learning to rest at the altar. Rest at the altar. And God, I just, I just pray in this room right now for your divine presence to rest in the lives of your people. God, what we've had to work our tail off, I pray, God, that we would learn to rest and allow you to do the work. God, what we tried to work to get your, your, your promises, work to get your, uh, your, your to, to please you, work to try and get your affirmation. God, I thank you, God, that we will learn to rest because you've already given us everything that you've promised us. All of it's done. We're just learning to walk into those seasons. God, I thank you, God, that we will learn how to rest because you've already affirmed us. You don't need us to do anything different. You don't need us to do anything more to get your love. We are fully loved and fully accepted. And let us remember that, God. Let us remember that, God. Let us learn how to lean into that. I know we've been taught over and over that we must do this and we must do that and we must check off this list. But God, you don't need our works to love us. And I pray that we remember that and we rest in that. We rest in that. And I thank you for what you're going to do in your people. I thank you for what you're going to do in your people. Jesus name. Jesus name. Thank you for joining us here at Prevail Church for this podcast. We hope this experience builds your faith and impacts your life. For more information about Prevail Church, visit us online at prevail.tv. Now let's tune in.